you on point, Andy? All the time, John. Welcome to the Purple Rock Podcast, where we never let a statue tell us how nice we are. We're talking Survivor Co-Wrong this week, episode six, entitled No Thanks, Obama. Andy, what was your opinion? I'm a little sad that Peter went home. And not because he was my preseason pick, because I don't let my entire uh, feelings of a season dictated by, you know, my the opinions I form on, you know, a paragraph or two or a minute and a half of video. Uh, I, I'm just upset, a little upset that he left because, man, was he fun to watch flail around and fail. There are probably many, many things that Peter is just great at. There is just one thing in his life that he is terrible at. And that thing is Survivor. <laughs> that thing is Survivor. I'm sure he's a great doctor, but wow, is he bad at Survivor. And, like, spectacularly so. And I'm emphasizing spectacularly because, like you, I enjoyed watching how bad he was at Survivor. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in order to fully enjoy the Peter experience, we needed to see him fail completely and that it would be getting voted out, but... Uh, you can't convince me that the show is going to be better without him, but with, like, cranky old Joe sticking around. Yeah, and one of our commenters, and I would absolutely shout the person out, but I'm totally blanking on who it was. One of our commenters pointed out that we're now being denied the opportunity to see Peter as a juror who was the most likely person to repeat that uh Heidi performance from Survivor Amazon. Uh Yeah, and, like, what it was, like, really good about him is like so he's arrogant we get so many arrogant contestants he might not even be the most arrogant person on this cast or on last night's episode but it was the the completely neutered arrogance about him like he was you know there was he had no power and but he that still didn't stop him from just saying head slappingly silly things about his own position and doing silly things and i think you know we'll spend this time detailing all the ways he screwed up last night and just the way that he failed with the flipping in particular was just so terrible. As soon as you make the call to flip, you have the numbers. And yes, it sucks to have to lie to Joe and be like, oh, no, Joe, I'm I'm not flipping on you. But you could do it with little to no repercussions. Yeah, no, it's like once, and, you know, as presented, and we can talk about this two ways. Uh, the main way that we're interested in is what was on the episode of the television show we watch. Uh, I've, you know, listened and read to a bit of Peter's interviews, and we can get into that a bit, with the standard caveat that, you know, people tend to lie in their interviews. Um, yeah, it's just like, yeah, he's like, oh no, Joe, Joe's on to me, so I better just go back to that. It's like, who cares? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. He uncovered your plot, but there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, unless you're really worried that Joe has an idol, and I kind of feel like there's no reason to be worried that Joe might have an idol. Like, I kind of get the impression that Joe isn't the type of person that would be going off to look for idols. Well, no, he's the kind of person who's like, maybe there's no idols. Maybe that's the twist of the season. He said that at a tribal council, and I think he was pretty convincing in saying that. Yeah, I mean, you know, to be fair, the person who found an idol, you know, also repeated that line, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, I think Joe would be the last person you need to worry about that. So, like, yeah, who cares if they, they're on to you? So, solidify your bond with the three other people. And, you know, try to lie. And we'll get to that. You can try to lie to Joe. That'd be the next thing you screw up rapidly. Right. But, uh, it, even if you don't, who cares? Then, then really, at that point, you should be extra motivated to flip on Joe when he braces you like that. Yeah. Cause he, he basically 
got it out of you anyway that you were thinking about it. So even if you say, oh, no, Joe, I'm back in the fold, now he knows that you at least left the fold once anyway. Yeah, and, like, you know, the way that Joe is acting to you, you should be like, okay, well, that I now no longer have a bridge with Joe and Aubrey. Not that it was a very good end anyway. I am 100% committed to this other side. But, no, uh, he decided to find another way. It's almost like he overthought the problem as though it were a block-stacking competition. You have a seven-footer on your team. You could easily put someone onto that man's shoulders and get, you know, 12, 13 feet of height to work with. If only you had a really coordinated, yet, you know, small and light person on your tribe. If only, right? Just the continued attempts to use the strategy that was clearly not working... When again, you have a seven foot tall man on your tribe and you've seen someone use him to climb probably, what, 20 seconds ago in the mm-hmm. challenge? <laughs> so, yeah, it, terrible call by Peter in a string of terrible calls by Peter. But yeah, no, I mean, we should get back to the lying to Joe uh, because I think that scene just encapsulated everything that was wrong with Peter and his ability to play this game. Cause it was so transparent and he just flopping around and it's just like, he didn't understand how to deal with this human situation. And, and what's fun about Peter and what's different is it's not like it was a robot way. It's not like, you know, robot Liz or robot Nick. Like, I don't know these people. It's just like, he just doesn't know what to do. He doesn't understand why somebody wouldn't just listen to him. It was so great that Joe was like, okay, tell me the truth, Peter. Are you, are you flipping on me? And Peter's like, what? What's the question? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not incriminating at all. Yeah, it's just symbolic of like, I think every relationship he had in the show besides the one with Liz, just complete failure to connect with a human being. And I think that can bring us to uh, Peter's exit interviews where he says the main reason that he didn't flip is that the other three people never gave him a firm commitment that like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's vote for Joe. And, you know, while people often lie in exit interviews, I kind of believe this one because I think it shines a poor, an even more poor light on Peter. Right. And these people are like, nah, we don't really want to work with you either. It also points out that Peter did not understand that. Exactly. And to his very exit interview or line where he's like, if this is about block stacking, like he just has truly no comprehension of how he was interacting and being received by people. Yeah. Even in hindsight, he cannot appreciate the ways that he failed. I mean, now maybe a bit watching TV, which is why you know, he's probably trying to buff off some of the edges in his interviews. But yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I believe it fully that those uh, the other people uh, maybe not have been all that excited about playing with Peter. Crazy. I don't... <laughs> Peter. Um, to the point where I don't even know if I want to criticize them for, you know, maybe you guys should have just been like, yeah, sure, Peter, let's do this, because it involves working with Peter. But ultimately, like, he was fun. I, I, I laughed out loud several times in the past two weeks. Like, I think a Peter that somehow gained power would have been intolerable. Crazy. Sorry. Uh, however, you know, one that was in the situation he was in, gold. I wanted more of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I know that we're definitely getting Caleb back from this season at the very least. I would so much rather have Peter back because he's so bad at this. Again, I'm sure he's very competent in other things in his life, but he's so bad at this. Yeah, I don't know if you can bring him back. I think, yeah. This magic only happens once. I just wish it could have been extended a little farther, especially if the other option was to vote out you know, Joe, 
who uh, does nothing for me. He's a waste of television. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I had high hopes for Joe, but I would have loved. I would have given just about anything to get Peter to stick around for a few more tribal councils. All right, so ultimately Peter leaves the game because Aubrey changes her vote at the very last minute to the degree that she crosses out Julia's name and write Peter. And uh, this made people on Twitter very excited, you know, what a gangster move she was. And I was just wondering, uh, how much credit do you think she deserves for the move? This was easily Aubrey's worst episode. Uh, I thought she'd been doing really well until now. But, man, once you get to writing a name down, no half measures, Aubrey. You decide and write the name down. Uh, yes, it was very interesting to watch that she crossed the name out and wrote Peter's name instead. But, man, was that a really bad game move. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the amount of credit she deserves is zero. Zero credit. And, in fact, she might owe some credit. Uh, because I think in the end she reached the right decision of voting off Peter, but it was for all the wrong reasons. And yes. it wasn't just in that moment that she screwed up. I think the entire episode she was just making mistake after mistake after mistake uh, to the point where, like, how is anybody giving her credit at all? I did, Were they watching the same episode as me? And, of course, the answer is incredible bias. Hey, I'm not exhibiting any of that. I Like I said, I think that she had a very bad episode. Like, so, like, I, I just uh, wanted to list it off. I think the first one is when Joe comes to her and says, we should get rid of Peter, uh, Joe is right. They should get rid of Peter. Yes. And eventually she does come around to that. But again, she the way that she gets there is just the worst way possible. And earlier on, too, she was talking as though the three of them sticking together was enough in a six-person tribe. Yeah, no, for, you know, a genius social marketer, uh, she uh, had some bad math there. I mean, I think what's happening there, though, is that they are counting Scott. I think Scott had done a good enough job. He voted with them last time. They were assuming Scott was a fourth. Uh, I'll give them that benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but even still, you have to be somewhat worried that he could easily flip to that side and force a tie. Yeah, and speaking of ties, I think <laughs> it's probably not um, completely unobvious that you know Scott and Ty had formed a friendship. So, yeah, that should make you dangerous, especially since every scene around camp, and obviously we only get some, but every scene seems like Aubrey and Joe only hang out with Aubrey and Joe. Uh, We did see a secret scene. I don't know if you caught it, but Aubrey is basically babysitting Joe the entire time. Uh, I guess he's quite uh, cranky at this point, Mm -hmm. and she's constantly having to go around and, and calm the beast. Yeah, and last week I said that I had sympathy that she kind of through the short end of a potential Brains Alliance partners. And I yep. don't deny that this is probably causing a decent amount of emotional and mental strain trying to deal with, you know, Joe, especially. And then obviously the threat of Peter. But yeah, no, like the whole concept that we need to keep Peter because we need the numbers. It's like you should be playing as though the merge is coming up. If it doesn't come up, that's, you know... A fluke. And if so, yeah, hopefully you win a challenge. But eliminating Peter before the merge was probably job number one. And she was not interested in that at all until two people came up to her and said, hey, Peter's talking about voting you out. She didn't care at all when Peter was talking about voting Joe out. It adds a whole new sense of urgency when suddenly your name is floating around there. Yeah, but oh, what a boss player. She did a great move of uh, 
sort of thinking maybe about when her name is being a threat, that maybe she should do something about it, and then uh, going into tribal council deciding not to do anything about it. So once it is looking like it's her, she's like, maybe we should vote out Peter. Now she can't convince Joe to vote out Peter, even though he hates him. Right. And the thing that really kills me is she crosses off Julia's name. It's very obvious that Julia's name was on there. Now that you've committed, do you think that those three are super willing to work with you when you'd gone far enough that you'd actually written the girl's name down before you changed her mi- your mind? Yeah, no, the only thing that she succeeded in doing was avoiding a rock draw. Otherwise, she made a decision that she was completely pushed into by the real people who accomplished something last night. And yeah, she got, she's gonna get no goodwill. She can't be like, alright, we're the new tribe, us four. They're gonna be like, screw you, we know exactly what happened. You wanted to vote out Julia until you realized what was going down. You bend yeah. to our will. So she gets nothing out of that. And ultimately, like, she could have got herself out of the game. If they're voting for her instead of Peter in that situation, suddenly it's three, two, one. Just force the tie. If you're convinced. Yeah, that's what you gotta do. Yeah, for round one, force the tie. If you wanna flip, do it in the second round when you can not only comfortably do it, knowing where the votes had gone in the first round, but you can turn to Joe and say, like, Joe, you know, listen, I, I can't risk drawing rocks. And then maybe Joe is fine and does it, too. Yeah, and especially say it out loud, because the, the one worry is that, yeah, the other two people flip as well. Right, exactly. Uh Yeah, no, you force the tie in that situation. She doesn't know that the vote, like, she didn't know what, you know original plan meant she didn't know that the vote is for peter she's just hoping and guessing at that point if the vote like heck when they said that to out loud i'm like what as we were presented wasn't original plan aubrey uh i don't remember the exact timeline on it but her name had certainly been floated yeah i mean i i figured that it was peter because of the way that the tribal council was going the way they when went into tribal council completely throwing him under the bus but, yeah, she had no idea, or not no idea, but she couldn't have known for sure that the there was her vote was the vote that was going to send Peter home and avoid the, the tie. So, yeah, I agree with you. It was a horrible episode, and stop giving her credit. Or if you are going to give her credit, people, explain to me how. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, up until now, she's done great. But, wow, what a horrible slip-up this time. <laughs> Uh, instead, we should be giving the credit to the people who actually made the big move, and that was Ty and Scott. I loved the public switching of the plan thing. I think the public pronouncements about switching the plan were pretty much just to sell Aubrey on changing her vote. Because once you hear Scott and Ty talking about changing a vote, you now know, okay, so there is a, a voting block that was going to vote three strong. Scott's not on our side. Mm-hmm. So good play by them. Yeah, and you don't give them any opportunity to really outmaneuver you uh, unless there's an idol in play. But again, it's you're voting for Peter, not for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, no, like this was basically the Tom and Ian play. They were the more united side in a potential tie, and they pushed the issue, and the other side folded. I mean, I'm not saying they got it from Tom and Ian, because I doubt Scott Pollard ever saw Survivor pull out. <laughs> um, but, you know, people can come up with the same idea independently, and that's what it is, and that's... The lesson, ties uh, only hold power over you if you let them. Otherwise, you know, let's do it. I mean, once every 20-odd seasons, you get two sides that are ready to do it. But for the <laughs> most part, somebody's going to flip. And it's not hard to figure out the side that's going to flip when clearly they don't like Peter. Yeah, and again, like I said, I think it was a brilliant sell to just publicly say it. Because then, now that you know that there's a block of three, 
it's basically open to whoever is first to publicly say, yeah, we're going to go with you. So if Peter had sensed what was going on and said, hey, guys, just so you know, like, I'm I'm good with it. Let's do this. I'm sure they would have said, yeah, OK, fine. We'll, we'll vote for Aubrey or Joe then. That's fine. Yeah. And I think at that point, and Rob pointed this out on his podcast, Peter was at a bit of a disadvantage because he was only next to Scott. Uh, but, of course, his bigger disadvantage was that he was Peter. Yeah, I think that's his main handicap in this game. But no, I thought they played well. I thought they played well even before they got to Tribal Council when they were mulling over their options. I liked how Ty especially was willing to just toss Julia aside. It's like, hey, yeah, it'd be nice to have her, but whatever. Because I I think they were both recognizing that, you know, one more vote and then we get to hook up with other people. Wow, phrasing again. It's a dirty podcast, John. It is. That's why we got the uh, mature rating or whatever the hell it's called. Explicit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought they both played excellently, and if I was going to... No, I'm not going to give an award, because I don't try to steal other people's bits, but <laughs> I think uh, Scott has actually really uh, impressed me over the past two episodes. Yeah, I'd agree. But, sticking with that alliance, though, what were your thoughts on Julia? She is a person on the show who seems particular. She seems nice. I do like how she didn't immediately pout or anything about Anna being gone. Um, I had to hope that means that maybe she recognized what all the beauties recognized that, uh, a beauty's gonna go. But maybe she was hoping it was Ty. Um, I like that she was open for conversation, but I've also heard people trying to give her a lot of the credit for the vote. And like, you know, her move was basically, cool, I can't vote for myself, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cool, I will go with anyone willing to vote with me. Yeah, like when they said to her original plan, like, uh, what had she gone in there planning to do? Because, yeah, everybody else was planning on voting Julia. So I guess maybe they told her not Peter? I don't know. But, no, I, I mean, I think she's done well uh, socially integrating coming off of a tough situation. Uh, did you have any thoughts on her, Julia? I thought she was shockingly competent yeah. for an 18-year-old. Um, You know, I'm just still not overly excited to see Julia I mean, I, yeah, I think she's fine, and I do think, like, you know, we were obviously very dismissive of Julia because we're horrible. Uh, no, but again, it was never about her. It was never about how, like, you know, it's impossible for an 18 year old person to, you know, be, you know, good or mature. Uh, at least it wasn't for me. It's more that she had, she, at some point, has to convince, you know, five grown adults to give her a million dollars, and that's a tough draw. But no, I, I thought she did well. Again, I had low expectations for her coming into the season, though, mm-hmm. so she, it was pretty easy for her to exceed those. But ultimately, I think this is the very first time we discussed her, and that's why I put her on the breakdown. Uh, actually, sticking with that, because this is another topic that a lot of people were, um, I'm not going to say whining, but clearly I just did. Uh, do you think it's unfair that they keep having basketball-type challenges on seasons with basketball players? Hell no. I see, I'm with you because you've brought this up before. In Survivor China, you have Frosty. Do a parkour challenge. You have Crystal Cox. Do a running challenge. You have John Rocker. Do a homophobia challenge. Yeah, no, I, I'm on the same way. I, I think it would be like a dereliction of duty if they didn't have a basketball type challenge in these seasons. Exactly. Why bring the basketball player on if you're not going to let him showcase his skills? 
Yeah, and like, there's disadvantages to being super tall and all of that. And here's the thing. He almost lost, folks. That's what they're hoping for. They're not trying to let Scott win. They're trying to create drama because it's a freaking television show. And, uh, that, you know, here's the ultimate, uh, take back on that. And people whine. It's like, oh, you can't let somebody who has professional skills compete. It's unfair. Yeah, like it's unfair to let a river guide do a kayaking challenge against the dude that can't swim. Exactly. And, or, to let a former pro baseball player, uh, an MVP at one point, do a basically pop fly drill against Malcolm and get his ass kicked. Yeah, so it's that's what it's all about. And he could have been voted out before now, too. So that's a thing. But yeah, no, let him shoot the baskets. He almost lost. And I was all ready to be like, hey, you know, maybe he's not very good at shooting because, you know, big guys often aren't. But he was a 70% free throw shooter for his career, so he did all right. Which is good for a big man, at least. Very good. Nobody's intentionally fouling him. So, you know, I I thought it was a good reward challenge. So I, I find what happens a lot is people complain about unfair advantages in Survivor when they benefit people they don't like. Shocking. I know. I know. I'm are you suggesting that people might be biased? It's possible that maybe they're not actually that interested about the equity of survivors so much as they want the people they're rooting for to do well. Like, you know, there's common complaints that, you know, the uh, pre-merge is dominated by women getting voted out. But I bet there's going to be less complaining when, like, men are targeted right at the merge. Uh, You know what? I will say that if Shireen were on a season where she got voted out after losing a basketball challenge, I would think that this was totally unfair. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, whatever, people. Come on. It's, it's a, And it was a reward challenge. Like, come on. Stop your freaking yeah. crying. Right. And that's, I think, another thing, too, that you can't be that upset about it because what do they get out of it? Some hot tuna salad? <laughs> that tuna melt. Come on. Yeah, that's a thing. Sure. Yeah, no, like, are you guys going to complain when, like, somebody who does yoga gets to have a standing challenge later? Like, it's this is Survivor. The skills happen. And whoever said Survivor was fair? Only people who haven't watched it very long. All right, so let's uh, shift gears to the other tribe. And uh we'll also talk about somebody who we really haven't talked about this season because they've barely been on. Um That would be everybody's favorite winner pick, uh Michelle. <laughs> and, yeah, so she had actually a good moment, I think. Uh you know, her best moment, but also her possibly only, uh, in the segment with, uh, Nick, where Nick was being so bad. So <laughs> awful. It's almost like he and Peter had a contest going. And he's, he was like, I'm not just going to let Peter run away with this. I can be terrible at this game too. And he, and the thing is, he doesn't even know that he had to like step up the arrogance to get that, right. the mantle, but. My gosh, he took it. Uh, and, uh, Stephen, um, Stephen Fishback had, like, uh, an absolute perfect tweet about this in that Nick was literally mansplaining the concept of mansplaining. And yeah. that can't be beat, so I had to quote him. But yeah, um, so he does all this with Michelle, and then she gives her quote of, you know, but, you know, this guy's an idiot, and uh, I don't need to be carried, bro. Exactly. And, um, that got people very excited. So, uh, what do you think? Does this say more about Nick or does it say more about Michelle? Um, I, I think it, it says something about both of them. I think it really was Michelle's best moment. But as you pointed out, it's not like there's a long string of Michelle moments so far. And for Nick, possibly his worst moment. But again, how many other Nick scenes have you seen this season? Yeah. No. 
I mean, more than Michelle scenes, I'll say that, but not many more. Uh, yeah, I know, I mean, a lot of people are now screaming winner's edit because of that, and, like, certainly she could win, and that would be in the segment if they decide to have one before commercial. Um, other of them might be saying them because I intentionally antagonized them, uh, in our prediction post this week. Uh, I don't buy that for a second. This is just as easily could be showing why Nick is a glorious asshole <laughs> than it is anything to do with Michelle. I mean, it could be both. Yeah. And I, and so I had a thought about this and I think what's happening and I ha- honestly, I had this thought before the episode, before she had actually ever done anything this season is, um, what's happening with, you know, the fans and well, frankly, our audience who week after week give her the number one most likely chance of winning survivor, um, is what I'm going to call the Tyler effect. Oh no. Uh, and obviously just bring that up makes your blood boil because you are the pettiest person I know. Still hate Tyler. <laughs> About the most bland ass things ever. Still the wettest blanket. But what I think happens in many seasons, especially seasons where there isn't a lot of, you know, clear, um, like superlative players, is people assign the qualities that they're missing, that the one the qualities that they want to see to the blankest cipher out there. And we saw this with Tyler because it's hard to remember now, but everybody was like, hey, Tyler is the real game player. Tyler's, uh, you know, maybe getting a winner's edit, I think was being said. <laughs> what show? Because not the one we're watching. But no, Just wait until after the merge. Tyler's going to dominate. Yeah, Tyler has the plans. Him and Carolyn are playing the best. That was all that. It's like, but, but, but there's this show called Survivor and he's barely on it. Like, you know, it would drive us nuts. And I think, yeah, a lot of your hatred stem from that. And we saw it a bit in Kageon where everybody was giving strategic credit to Spencer, even though he didn't have a single strategy to execute other than I better win immunity this week. So I think that's kind of what was happening with Michelle because I do believe there's a vacuum. And I joked about this. We should do a 0% club where all 11 people are in it. (laughs) Because nobody feels like a winner right now. And Michelle has done an adequate job by being off the television screen of not looking like a loser. So people are like, well, no, she's obviously the social player. She's obviously uh, the one that's doing well. And it's like, no, I, I prefer when there's evidence for things. Yeah, and... I think it's it's so easy, especially when you've made a prediction earlier on, to want to feel like you're right. And as long as there's not any evidence to prove that you're wrong yet, like there's no evidence that Michelle is bad at Survivor, we're just not seeing her playing Survivor. So you can keep on this belief that, nah, she's really great out there. Yeah, like, yeah, like, she's a cipher. There's nothing to her character yet. So that you're not, it's not disproving anything you thought about her. The way, like, yeah, Peter Birdie quickly disproved anything I thought, might have thought of him. Um, you know, let's wait till we see it, folks. And again, I will say for Michelle's benefit, it could happen. I'm just saying that, you know, if I, if I put a gun to your head and say, explain to me why Michelle's the winner, you're not going to have any more evidence besides, I don't need to be carried, brah. Yeah. That's that's really the only thing you can hang your hat on at this point. Instead, I think, you know, if we really want to talk about people who are playing Survivor well, we got to talk about Debbie again. Uh, so actually, to, to carry the thread with Michelle, is uh, she and Michelle had a conversation where it seemed like Debbie was uh, very excited about forming an alliance with Michelle. Um, do you think that she's telling the truth about that? I saw the secret scene. I don't know if you caught it or not. I where- did where Debbie was talking about Michelle specifically. And, God, I hate to even say this, 
I was impressed. Yep. Oh my god. I'm so disappointed in myself. She so the in the secret scene, if you didn't catch it or if you, God forbid, live in some country that CBS would never allow you to watch the secret scene. Go to Reddit and there's a link for unblocked videos. It's the only time I tell you to go there. <laughs> yeah. So uh Debbie's claim is that she is basically leading Michelle on. She just wants Michelle to have a happy few last days there. She doesn't want to cause any trouble. She wants Michelle to enjoy her time out there, to keep working hard, to keep trying in the challenges, to keep, you know, doing stuff around camp. And I was just like, man, that's good. How is this coming out of Debbie's mouth? Yeah, you almost get the impression that if Debbie had switched on to the tribe with Peter, he just would have stayed loyal. Because that's what you're supposed to do! Yeah, I, I just, I was not prepared for a world where I was like, yeah, you're, you're killing it socially, Debbie. Yeah, and, you know, I, it keeps your options open in case something happens, like, you know, somebody's a medevac, or the boat goes a different way, or that you don't go to tribal council and now merge and Michelle's still around. But yeah, no, from that interview, it's pretty clear that she actually isn't interested in forming an alliance with Michelle. In fact, you know, she also details this, ways that Michelle has screwed up that mm -hmm. are legitimate. They're things that we saw too. You know, not only did she screw up the reward challenge by taking forever to, you know, unleash the buoys, uh, she did drop the pole last week uh, when her and Sydney were supposed to be carrying the fish. Like, she has not been acquitting herself very well in a way that I hadn't even noticed. Uh, and then, yeah, when she fails, she goes off and cries by herself, giving people opportunity to talk about whether or not they should vote her out. Like, yeah, Debbie, I guess you're right. And also, man, you're kind of good at it. Now, I will say I do believe that Debbie was telling the truth in one area, um, possibly two. Uh, obviously, there's the time when she said she was a part-time model. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, there's actual proof on the Internet, people. If you want to look for that, be my guest. That's right. You know, she can be a part-time model. She just still has to keep her normal job. You know, but maybe you can see her, you know, at an auto show dancing on a car or something. Uh, but mm. the other reason is that she keeps saying, and she said it twice, um, and it's made the edit enough to, I think, make people say, hmm, is that Debbie keeps saying that she wants a woman to win. I believe her 100%. You know which woman that is? Yeah, Debbie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I will say that's a great social play because she's saying it to other women, and it makes it sound like, you know, she's like, oh, okay, she's invested in my success too. But really, all she could be about is the literal truth i want a woman to win that woman's name is debbie yes and really it's also a great job of planting a seed for if this person ends up on a jury and you're in the final tribal be like man you know i really wanted a woman to win i'm sorry it couldn't be you but hey i'm sitting here right now that's right you know debbie you know big me up on that idea uh and i gotta say this is leading me in oddly will lead perfectly transition to what I think the next topic I want to discuss was who actually is playing the best game at this moment in the show, not projecting who is going to win um, based on, you know, feelings or desires, but who do you think is playing the best game of the show in the show right now? I was thinking we could each do a top three. Well, I guess we're probably both going to sadly agree on Debbie, which I can't believe I'm saying. Yeah, I got Debbie at number one. I think she is playing the absolute best game right now, and it's weirding me out, man. Yeah, the goofiness thing that she's basically using as a shield, it, it's working for her. Uh, she's not being targeted. 
she's making people feel really good and feel important and all that sort of stuff. She's got Nick completely fooled. Yes. Which obviously might not be hard, but it's still, you know, you play with the hands you're dealt. Right. Exactly. It's like when Kim beat everybody in one world. Like, well, what is she going to do? She can only beat the player she's against. No, she can't be like, you know, dispatching all of them. It's like, who else you got? (laughs) Are you not entertained? Yeah, so maybe it's not all that hard to puff Nick up, but hey, at the same time, she's doing it, and she's doing it well. It's what you have to do, and, you know, if she's doing it better than everybody else there, then she gets the points on the card. No, I mean, obviously, you know, in the winner, there's still to be determined whether people will take her seriously enough to vote for her. Because here's the other thing. Would it shock you if she found her way to the finals? Uh, I guess not. Yeah, like, it could be as a goat, right? People might just take her there, not knowing that she's been Kaiser Sose this whole time. <laughs> oh my god, that would be amazing. If she just completely drops the act at Final Tribal, and just goes full-on professor, and just lays out everything she did along the way. Yeah, like, what we were, you know, a lot of people were finally, like, hoping a bit that maybe this was a Phillips' final plan, was to be like, oh yeah, that was all an act, and this is all been a thing, and I'm a classically trained... Oh, I think my favorite, though, was the argument that Keith was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I suckered y'all. Oh, but, yeah, you know, I think final three is a likely thing. Who's coming after Debbie? I, I don't know that I would call it likely. I'm just saying I can certainly see it as a possibility, which is not something I ever thought from that cast video. Yeah, and again, like, right now, like, what has she done wrong? She's She's owning it. It's crazy. Okay, so we both have Debbie. Uh, who, who else you got? The far less crazy choice in that she seems less crazy is Sydney, who I think played Jason and Scott really well. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably going to be committed to her when this merge comes. Mm-hmm. I think Debbie seemed to legitimately want to work with her. I haven't seen anybody that didn't like Sydney so far. Yep. Um, she doesn't have an idol, but she knows where it is. I think she's been doing really well of sort of forming relationships, staying in the background, and hopefully at some point she could make moves. But we're just talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think she's positioned well. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I didn't have her in my top three, but yeah, I think she's right near there. I probably just left her out because she tends to disappear from episodes, which obviously is more like a reading in the edit, predicting the winner type thing than an assessment on the game. But like she wasn't on this most recent episode, so I probably just kind of forgot. But yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. Uh, I have Scott in the top three. Yeah, I that I'm kind of leading into my next pick, but I basically have a tie between Ty and Scott. I have Scott and Ty as my t- uh, the rest of my top three. Okay. So there you go. Um, yeah, I think we discussed a bit with Scott, but I just I think once he was, I mean, he was nobody was down more numbers than he. Obviously, that actually provides a bit of a shield, but he's worked that situation to basically control two votes because Ty has mostly done what Scott has suggested he do. I do believe it's at this point, it's a partnership, but I kind of feel like at least as being presented, Scott's been the one calling the shots. Yeah. Although I will say that I'm, I'm impressed that Ty's game seems to be coming along. Like I was really worried that he was going to be pretty bad at this and let his emotions dictate far too much. Yeah, no, the way that he was willing to toss Julia aside uh, at Scott's suggestion, I think clinched it for me that he is actually playing a really good game that, you know, survivor will not be too hard on his kind heart. He's willing to do what's necessary. Uh, so yeah, I am impressed and which I think leads to uh, questions worth discussing. Why is nobody picking Ty 
as the potential winner pick. Because in a season where Ty wins, I can only imagine CBS would be incredibly excited about that. Just imagine, you know, like a Suri winning, well, any season she was on. Ty is magnetic. He's interesting. He's going to have fans. Probst compared him to Rupert. So clearly they thought, yeah, this guy is popular. He's going to have a lot of fans. I just have a feeling that this season maybe doesn't get pushed back. It's get a little more hype if Ty wins. See, this I, is all reading external stuff. Yeah, and I think that's just Survivor fans completely overthinking it. The season was pushed back because of the mechanics of Second Chance. That's it. Zero end of story, period. That's it. They couldn't do Second Chance any other way. They had the idea, and once they had the idea, it's like, okay, well, but how do we do this? And then make people wait six months. Oh, I got it. We can just let this one wait. Like, they didn't know that they were necessarily going to push it back. Uh, they knew when they were doing second chances that it was going to get jumped ahead because then they had to do their planning that way. But no, that, this, it's being aired now as opposed to its natural place. It has nothing to do positively or negatively with its quality. It has everything to do with the fact that in order to do a live fan vote and then not have those people that you just cast on live television have four months to sit around and plan out their strategy, they needed to send them right away. And once you get the fans all excited and voting by the millions, you don't say, all right, everybody, now watch this other season of Survivor. Uh, just let it go. That's not why. Now, other people are like, well, they're not very excited. And obviously the big promotion this season was, it's the most brutal season ever. Oh, one, maybe it just is. And that's a thing. Um, how excited do we need them to be? Like, it, this is a 30 second version of the season, or series coming after an all-star season. I kind of feel like at some point you can't promote every season as this one's even better than the last. I don't know. I mean, they did that for Worlds Apart. And how great did that turn out for them? Maybe, they just maybe, they learned a lesson of keeping their mouths shut. It's possible. I will give you that. So, no, I mean, obviously, like, yeah, I'm not going to say, oh, you know, that's nothing. I am going to say the whole, uh, because this was pushed back, that's nothing. That has nothing to do with anything. It has everything to do with the fan vote. Um, but I think the other reason is it's just like it's hard to believe that somebody we want to win this badly could ever do so. <laughs> like, has anybody who you've, this beloved, ever won Survivor? I don't think there has been. The only other one that I can think comes close was Cochrane, but that's probably just because of the crowds that we yeah, <laughs> associate I with. Can, I can assure you that that was not a universal uh, feeling. Right. Uh, yeah, and, I, and people are like, hey, if Yao Man couldn't do it, do you, people forget just how close Yao Man came from winning Survivor? It was... And really, I mean, yes, I get why he's being compared to Yao Man, but the actual comparison is much more Suri than Yao Man. Well, I don't know. I mean, Ty was suited to this environment about as well as anybody since Ozzy, and Suri was afraid of leave, so I'm not sure I see that, that comparison. Okay, that, that's fair. I, I just think that he's succeeding mostly because of his overwhelming charm. Yeah, I think Suri was probably a much better strategist, even you know, as we're giving him some credit for that. No, like, yeah, he's a very likable person, but, yeah, as you've said, he seems to be willing to do cutthroat things. He was looking for the idol nonstop because he knew he was in a bad position, and he recognized that being up against three women was not a great spot for him or the other guys. Phrasing. <laughs> being up against women is just not Ty's thing, is what I'm saying. Exactly. Uh, 
So then it's just, yeah, I understand the trepidation of wanting it so bad. <laughs> we just don't want to get hurt that way. But I, I kind of start, I'm starting to feel like it should at least be part of the conversation. Because I think he could easily find himself in an alliance that gets him to like a final six type scenario. He has an idol. I don't think it's impossible to suggest that Ty could win a challenge. And then if he gets to a jury, he's winning. So I think he can be in discussion of possible winners, maybe more so than people who are barely on the season. Uh, I do think, though, that it's going to become so glaringly obvious to people that are in this game that you don't want him in the final tribal council that I don't even know that you wait until, like, final four to take him out. I think he becomes a target a little sooner. And I don't... I, I think you're right. He can win an immunity... I don't know that he could win, like, three in a row. No, but he also has an idol. And I do think that because he doesn't seem to be a threat to win a bunch of challenges, you put it off a bit until you take care of the other side. Like, that's why I think I could see him getting to the final six. Because, like, okay, yeah, we'll get Ty out at six. Not worrying that they couldn't. Idol play, or maybe a challenge win, idol play, challenge win. Or maybe, you know, the double idol comes into an effect in the scenario, which is, you know crazy but i still think could actually happen at final six and then you have to finish the work at final five like it could happen it would be hard but as much as people like to think they would be stupid to let you know ty get to a finals people sometimes are stupid and would it surprise you that these people are stupid well if ty manages to get either neil or jason to give him their idols the man is probably the most deserving winner we've had in 10 seasons Hey, there was a guy who convinced somebody who, you know, going into commercials said it would be the dumbest thing ever to bring him to the finals, and he did that. That's, that's true. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Redemption Island, how could they ever let Boston Rob get to the end? Sometimes people are stupid, is my answer. So how could they ever let Ty get there? Because sometimes it happens. How do you ever let JT get there? Ask Fishback that. How do you ever let Jeremy get there? Like, sometimes people get to the end who are really good. So, again, am I saying that he's the most likely winner? No, but I'm saying now that it's no longer unlikely. All right, let's move on and talk some evac scenarios. All right, so I won uh, the challenge last week. So I guess that means I lead it off. Uh, last week I had a very lengthy explanation of how Peter could get taken out of the game. Um, apparently just voting him out was an easier way to do it. Uh, this week I have a much shorter one, uh, pretty simple really. I think Aubrey will be attacked by Dementors. <laughs> and, uh, her Patronus spell won't work, so sorry, Aubrey. Oh. I, and I was totally denied the opportunity to ask you, so what, so what, so what's the scenario? <laughs> but that's okay, because, um, I'm actually gonna build off something that you discussed last week, which is that not all evacs are medical. So here's my scenario. We know the merge is coming. We saw in the previews, they're heading over on a boat. Debbie takes command of that merge boat because she used to be a sea captain. You see, you know, Chiron comes on the screen. Debbie, former sea captain. But she ends up steering way off course, crash lands the boat in Thailand. This teenage Thai boy comes out with oddly feathery hair. And he's offering to help them. Debbie explains to this boy, oh, thank you so much for your help. We're on Survivor right now. And the kid the kid looks at her, oh, Survivor? He's very intrigued. He says, where's Brian? Where's my father? Da-da. They're like, Brian, who's, who's Brian? Tell me where Brian Heideck is. 
He grabs Nick, takes him hostage, refuses to give Nick back. He says, listen, you bring me Brian Heideck right now or I am taking this man. And then Survivor just says, you know what? I'd, I'd rather roll without Nick because he's pretty inconsequential anyway. And then Nick's evacuated from the game. When you said they run into a tie boy, I was so worried about where this was going. Yeah, I bet you were. <laughs> All right. So uh, there's your choices. Uh, the son of Brian Heideck kidnaps Nick. Or Aubrey is attacked by Dementors. Uh, you will have a chance to vote on our website uh, on the page where we do predictions. So let's do those now. Oh, boy. So first, I think we should probably figure out how this merge is going to go. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a tough one. We're actually fairly even coming to this merge, surprisingly so, com- considering how a lot of these have gone. Yep, four, four, three. So I have an idea of how the merge would go. Uh and obviously I'm right, because I am on a one-win hot streak in terms of predictions. Ooh, you're on fire. Um, I think that it will be everybody against the brains. Uh, and obviously, you know, there's only four brains, there's only four brawn, so you wouldn't necessarily think that the brains would be the biggest threat, but I think they will be perceived as that, because, you know, they're tricky. And also, I think just because they're not... Nobody likes them. You know, like they haven't done a very good job in building the bond. So it's kind of like, hey, we should get somebody out. How about these jerks over here? And uh, I will actually include, I should say, uh, modify that. The non-Debbie brains would be the problem because I think Debbie actually has formed some bonds that we've seen. Uh, if Neil has, we haven't seen him because he's not really on Survivor. And yeah, we previously discussed the way that Aubrey and Joe have failed at, you know, building bonds. Aubrey especially when she said, yeah, cool. I'll vote out one of you guys unless pushed really hard. Um, so then if they're all attacking brains, I think that the big targets would be either Aubrey or Neil, because Joe, I think, is going to be around a while because he's an old man. And Debbie, I think, will be around a while because I think she's actually playing well. Um I think they'll target Aubrey. She was called out as a big threat by Peter and the others. And um also, I feel if Neil was the target, he'd probably play his idol. So I don't think he will be actually but i still think he plays his idol i think neil wastes his idol but aubrey is the target and she gets voted out okay well i'm glad that you put it that way because i think you're right that a lot of people will see the brains as people that they don't necessarily like or have any connections with but that's probably a good thing because you're probably going to want to pick one of your goats from that group uh i will say that they target nick it was very weird to that we actually saw Nick talking in this episode. So it surprised me. I thought we were actually going to lose Nick in this episode. Yes. Yeah. And you tweeted that. Uh... Yes, I did. And I'm going to decide that what that actually was, was setting us up for this coming week when Nick goes home. What do you think your shooting percentage is in the, when you tweet in the first 15 minutes, goodbye, whoever, or uh boot episode for so-and-so? I'm I'm just like Swaggy P out here. No tats on my right arm, strictly for buckets. Yeah, I gotta say it's probably lower than Scott Pollard's free throw percentage. And also, I think you're doing the trick where you're just gonna pick Nick every week until he goes. Well, at, at least in this method, I get one more right than you got last season. Uh, you're already there. Oh, that's true. I am already there. <laughs> you were able to figure out that Caleb was the near corpse laying on the ground. Congratulations! Thanks. All right, so I think that's uh, mostly it for the show. Anything else? No, let's plug our website because we've got a best tribal council of all time bracket going up there right now where 
at the Sweet 16 stage. There's only 16 tribal councils left. You can find those tribal councils at purplerockpodcast.com. Yeah, so that 16 uh, tribal councils means eight matchups. Uh, there's four different posts, so if you uh, have not clicked on four posts and voted, you've missed some. I think people were much better at that last week than they were the week before. Uh, lots of fun, mostly the teams that are still available, teams that <laughs> tribals that are still available were the top seeded ones because i know what's good about survivor and i did most of the rankings with your guys' help so uh it's lots of fun lots of voting going on make sure to tell your mother tell your father send a telegram uh what else we got on the website we do a live blog every week matt does that for actually this week it was a combination of mark and matt who are actually two different people you guys might not know that yeah you might not know that because matt is never on twitter to tell you otherwise we are you can follow us on Purple Rock Pod. That's the show. Uh, used to generally be John, but through the tournament, it's also me frequently. Um, and if you just want to read John's tweets, you can do so at Purple Rock John. If you want to read mine, Purple Rock Andy. We should give a plug to the contributors of our site, Purple Rock Emma, Purple Rock Matt, and Purple Rock Mark, if you want to follow them. Send us an email at purplerockpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr, purplerockpodcast.tumblr.com. Anything else? Hit the theme music. How's about that? It seems like it's my turn again. All through the years, my mic has been my best friend. I know some brothers wonder, can Piper really kick it? Some even want to diss me, but why sweat it?